This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Have you ever wondered what heaven will be like or dare imagine what we'll see when we get there? Might you even question if there really is such a place? With Christmas week just around the corner, many get caught up in the mystery of the birth of Jesus but fail to realize why he had to come to earth as a man in the first place. Jesus was born so he might die a perfect sacrifice, guaranteeing forgiveness of our sins and ensuring those born again a place in what the Bible identifies as heaven. Yet not many Christians have given serious thought to heaven, nor what spending eternity there will really be like. Pastor Ray's unique three-day message, Heaven is a Real Place, is one not often heard, but so powerfully filled with hope, beauty, and wonderment, we must wonder why we hear so little about it. Here's Pastor with more on that very real place we call Heaven. You get to Heaven, and in the splendor and the glory of God's presence, Everything changes. Everything changes. I mean, sometimes we hit a high place in our praises and you feel like you died and went to heaven for like five minutes, right? Or, or 20, 15 minutes while you're in the midst and you say, whoa, I wish I could just live in this place. Well, take that and magnify that a bazillion times and that'll give you a, a little glimpse of what it's going to be like when you're in the presence of God in heaven. Come on. Now, now, so now you're going to have consciousness of people, but also notice that he had total a census. He's in heaven, he's in Hades, and he lifted up his eyes. Wow. Well, if you have eyes, if he had eyes, that means he had to have a head, right? If he had a head, he had to have a neck, right? If he had a neck, that means he had to have a body that the neck was connected to, which means that he had arms because he also said, he said, have, have Lazarus dip his finger in, finger, finger in, in, in paradise or in, in the other side, fingers, eyes, voices. I mean, folks, brother, sister, you better get a, better get a clear understanding from this, that when you slip into the next world, you're not just going to be floating around humming. You're going to actually have features, your spirit man has features in it, eyes, mouth, talking, voice, senses. He, he says, I thirst. I, I tell him, to, can he just dip his finger in the water to cool? He was, he was feeling hot. Well, that's what's going to happen when you're in hell. You're going to feel hot. Now, now you know, you know um, um, people joke about it and people laugh about it. And, and there are people preaching today in the, in the church that there's no such thing as hell. Well, right here you have evidence. Jesus is telling you. Open your eyes and see there is a hell. And he tells you what hell's going to be like. It's going to be torment. And you're going to feel it. Just like if you're in heaven, you're going to feel and be aware of all the beauty and the splendor that's in heaven. You'll have sight and vision and, and, and voice and feeling just like you will, like you do here. Now, now this is pretty, pretty interesting. But, um, uh, you know, I was actually talking about Doug at the first service on, on, and last night. But, you know, don't, don't take this... Um, don't take this lightly, but we had a mutual friend 
who was at the point of death and some people went, I guess it was his kids, went to him and tried to preach to him and tell him about, you know, we want, we want you saved. We want you in heaven. He says, ah, I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in anything. He says, as a matter of fact, when I, when I die, if, if there really is a devil and there really is a hell, I'm going to play checkers with the devil. And he, meant, and he died. He died, you know. Now, I just want, I want you to understand something from this. There ain't going to be no checker playing in hell. You know, people say, well, if I go to hell, I'm going to be with all my friends. No, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. You're going to be very, very lonely and very, very hot. Because hell is a hot place. And it's a place of torment, you see. And, and it would be like the devil to try to diminish or pull apart the whole thought of, of hell because there are preachers today in America that are preaching there is no hell, that the only hell a person will ever experience is here on earth. I don't know where he, they adopted that from the world because the world has been saying that. There really is a place called hell and Jesus is trying to call your attention to it. He's trying to get you to see that there really is a hell and what's going on in that hell because when you slip out of this life into the next life, you're going to have full consciousness and all feelings will be in, intact. And you're either going to feel good or you're not going to feel really good. Depending on where you end up. So we understand from what we see here that he had, he had eyes, he had voice. I mean, he said he lifted up. That means he had to have a neck. To lift up his head. He had eyes, he had voice, he lifted up his, he cried out, he's talking. This is what, and he asks for Lazarus, uh, asks Abraham, God, for that, that Lazarus might dip his finger in, in the water and just touch his tongue. Now the interesting, there, there, there's water in heaven. Well, you see, we, I don't know if we'll get to look at it today, but if you look at the pictures of, of, of Revelation, the picture of heaven that Revelation gives us, there is a stream that flows in the center of heaven. It's called the river of life, and there are trees on both sides, and it goes right under the throne of God. Wow. And, 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 and the rich man is asking, can he just get me some water from somewhere and just cool my tongue because I'm in torment, you see. Now, now notice what it says and he says, um, verse 24, but Abraham said, son, um, remember in your lifetime. Well, you know what? Let me back up because I, I want to do something else here. It came to my attention some time ago that there was somebody teaching this, this, this teaching, this idea that when a person dies, that they go into a state of sleep. And, and I, want, I want to show you this. This is really important because I, I want to make sure you all have this. I want you to open up to 1 Thessalonians. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I, I, this is important. I don't want to miss this before we go on with our story. This is what came to mind. I had heard about this minister teaching this. And it troubled me so much because I never in all my years of ministry ever heard anybody teach this. And I actually went to Dr. Sutton at the time, who, you know, was alive at that point. And I asked him, I said, you know, have you ever heard anything like this? And, and he said, no, I've never have. He said, and he was shocked when I told him, you know, where I had heard it and who I heard it from. He said, I never heard, I don't know why they would be teaching that, because that, that is not correct. So I did, began to do my own study about it. But the teaching was that, based on Thessalonians chapter 4, that when a person dies, that we go into a state of sleep or unconsciousness. And that the reality of God's presence or the reality of heaven will not become, will not happen until the events of 1 Thessalonians, which is the appearing of Jesus Christ. 
And we, we've called it the rapture. We've called it the appearing of the Lord. That, that would not, it, you would not go directly to heaven or to the, in, into the presence where you would see God face to face until these events took place. So let me read, let me read this to you. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, underline asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep, underline that again, in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So three times he uses the word either asleep or sleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, the teaching again is that somehow we go into some state of sleep. Now, if we're looking today at Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, and we're looking at the story of the, of the rich man and Lazarus, we understand that there was no state of sleep that either of these people were in. They went directly to one place or the other. They either went right to hell or they went right to the presence of God, right? So right there, just in that story alone, we can understand that the moment you close your eyes, you don't go into some state of unconsciousness, but you go either directly into the presence of God or you go directly into the presence of hell, all right? Now, now the other, the other interesting thing um, about this is that if you look at the words asleep or sleep, what it is referring to is the fact that the body, it, because the word sleep or asleep is actually rendered death, D-E-A-T, dead or death. And, and so it couldn't be referring to your spirit going into some level of sleep or some suspended state. It's talking about your body being dead, right? Because your body goes in the ground, but your spirit goes to be with the Lord. Now, on this great day, when Jesus comes back, what's going to happen, and this is, this is the good part, what's going to happen is that your spirit that is in heaven with Jesus is one day when he's ready for the fulfillment of this scripture, your spirit is going to come back down into this earth. Your body is going to raise up, be raised up from your grave, wherever your grave is, and your spirit and your body are going to meld together, and your body is going to become glorified just like Jesus' body. And on that great day, you say, well, what happens if I was cremated and I was, you know, my ashes were thrown off? The minute the, the trumpet sounds and the voice goes forth, every particle of your body, whether it's here in India, in China, in the Antarctica, it doesn't matter. It's all going to find its way to come back together again and be transformed into a glorious, glorified body just like Jesus' body. That's what that verse is talking about. But until that time, your body is in a, basically is dead or to say it is asleep. It is useless, right? Your body is just lying in a grave or in a can of ashes. But on that great day, your body is going to be awakened out of its deadness and it's going to be made alive by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will have a glorified body just like Jesus. It has to be. You say, ah, that doesn't sound, it has to be, and I'll show you why. Let's go over, let's go over to 1 Corinthians. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 
And let's go to, where do we want to go in 1 Corinthians? We want to go to chapter 15. Now, I want to show you this. It has to be. You have to have a glorified body. You have to. And, and so, now, so now, please understand that when you die, your spirit goes to be with the Lord and is very much, according to what we're studying here, very much alive, very much conscious, very much in the presence of God, not in a state of sleep. Your body is basically dead and we could say is asleep in the ground, but there's coming a day when your spirit that's alive in heaven with the Lord is going to meet up with that body and it's going to take on the same nature of Jesus Christ. You're going to have the same glorified body that Jesus has today. Now listen, watch, watch 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15. It says here, we're going to go to verse 51. Behold, Paul writing, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but in other words, remain dead in our body. But we shall be all changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, speaking about this corruptible body, must put on incorruption, talking about the glorified body. This, this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, listen, listen, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory. Now listen, listen, this is important. You see, when you die and you go to heaven, we still don't have total victory over death because your body is still dead. Jesus is the only one who had total victory over death and the grave because even when his spirit separated from his body, his spirit on the third, uh, on that day when he rose from the dead, the third day came back, picked up his body, glorified body, and now he bodily went back up to heaven. There is a day coming if we're going to have total victory over death that this body must be resurrected in the same likeness of Jesus' glorified body because it's the only way that we can say we have victory over death because death couldn't even hold back this. <laughs> wow. Wow. You see, because as it stands right now, death still has a hold on us because took away our body, can't touch our spirit. But a day is coming when the finality of the plan will come to pass, that our bodies and our spirits will be reunited, and these bodies that are now corruptible will be changed to be incorruptible, just like the wonderful glorified body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a body it's going to be. You got a lot of lumps and bumps and fat and all kinds of wrinkles and crinkles. But when that day comes, dear Jesus, these bodies, I'm telling you, man, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be so wonderfully beautiful, so wonderfully beautiful in the presence of Almighty God. So, so when we're talking about asleep, we're simply talking about the body being dead for this season, for this time, until this event that Jesus comes back and raises these bodies and unites them with our spirits once again and glorifies these bodies just like his own glorified body. Then victory, then we, will, we can say that death, where is thy sting? Then we can say that, that, that 
Death has been swallowed up in victory totally now, absolutely 100%, because it couldn't even touch our corruptible bodies. Amen. Couldn't even touch our bodies. That which the devil fought through sin, that which he thought he could take away, God is even going to resurrect that God's even going to anoint that. God's going to even bless that. God is going to transform it into the likeness and the image of his own dear son. You're going to have a glorified body. Can I get a better amen than that? All right. So let's go. I had to get that off my chest. Let's go over to Luke's gospel chapter 6. So, so we conclude that the minute we close our eyes, we are in the splendor and the joy and the presence of almighty God. We are there in the splendor of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me give you a couple of other ideas. If that teaching or that idea that when we die, we go into some state of sleep were true, do you remember the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was on the mountain? Well, there stood with him Moses and Elijah, and the Bible says they were talking. If they were standing there talking, how could they be asleep in some state of, of suspension? Right? How many of you remember the first martyr, Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, and he's at the point of passing, you know, of dying and passing on to the next line, and just as he's about to draw his last breath, he says, Oh, I see Jesus standing. Well, praise God. If, if you were going to sleep, you wouldn't see anything, man. You'd just go to sleep. He saw, and I believe the reason why he saw Jesus standing, because the word says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But the reason why he saw him standing was because Stephen was the first martyr. I believe Jesus just got up to applaud the first martyr that was making his way into the presence of Almighty God. You see. You see, woo, you see, you can't be in a state of sleep. You're fully, you're fully aware, you're fully conscious the minute you slip into, into death or, you know, slip into the, into the next world. You're going to be right there in the presence of God and don't let anybody talk you out of that. You'll be expecting the day you draw your last breath on this earth. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you expect to be in the very presence and the arms of a loving Savior who awaits you in heaven to accept you and to receive you. Wow. Don't tell me I'm in some state of sleep. Don't make me mad now. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Luke's gospel chapter 16. This is awesome. I don't know. I get so excited about this stuff. I, I hope you're all seeing it here. So much to be said. Now, now let, me, let me tell you this. Again, you see, immediately when he died, he went somewhere. Now, I came out of the... Right, uh, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. The rich man went to hell. Now, I grew up in the Catholic Church. How many here grew up in the went Catholic Church? Oh, boy, look at all of you. Praise God. Man. All right, so you were, you were where I was. Amen. Now, oddly enough, I got saved in the Catholic Church. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church. And, um, you know, really began to experience the powers of God in the Catholic Church. But it was short-lived because they didn't, you know. But anyway, let me make a... The Catholic, the Catholic Church, you say, and I'm not down and... Listen, I'm not, talking, I'm not talking against anybody, all right? I'm just, I just want to keep you on the Bible. And I want to get you away from things that men and man has created, all right? Now, the Catholic Church used to teach this, that a person, when they die, they go to this place called purgatory. 
How many remember purgatory if you were a Catholic? Purgatory. There was also a place called Limbo. You remember Limbo, Limbo? I don't know, but anyway, there was a place called Limbo. <laughs> anyway, Limbo is where all the babies went. Think of this. Think how weird this is. This is where the babies went. And purgatory is where you went on low heat for a while, for a period of time, hoping that there are enough people back on earth that are buying mass cards and having masses said for you and praying for you in the hopes that there would be enough offered up in your behalf that you could easily now pass out of purgatory and go to heaven to be with Jesus. Dear God, if that's the plan and I'm going to count on you to pray me out of purgatory, oh dear Jesus, I can't even get you to pray for me now in living color. You won't even pray for me now. I'm gonna, when I'm dead and gone and forgotten about, I'm going to wait on you to pray for me to get me out of, out of purgatory into the presence of God. Dear God, there ain't no hope for nobody in this world. What kind of plan is that? Sheesh. Sound like somebody wanted to make some money. That's what it sounded like to me. Listen, I want, I want to show you something. The, the rich man said... Can I, can I go back? Can I send my brothers? Can I send... So I said, no, it's done. You're done, man. Let me tell you, the minute you die, you're done. You're either there or there. You're either hot or cool. Right? There's no place on low heat for a period of time until somebody can pray you out of there. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. He said it right there. He's the minute, the minute they died is the minute they showed up. They, they arrived at their destination. Wow, dear Jesus. So get this idea that somehow there's this place you go and you're praying. We're praying for the same. Man, listen, when you're dead, there's no more prayers that you can pray for anybody that's dead. The only thing you can say is thank you, Jesus, for receiving them. There's no more prayers you can pray for dead people. Don't pray for dead people. There's nothing you can do for them. That's why I spend my life as a pastor, as a minister, trying to convince people to walk with God in this life, accept the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, because when you die, listen, when you die, you're dead. You're done. Your decision is already made. And there are too many people that I'm concerned that die without knowing Jesus, and their destination is not going to be good. Now, I want to say this in all fairness because I want to calm everybody's spirit down here and calm your, your heads down. I personally believe there are going to be a lot more people in heaven than you could have imagined. And I think that we as believers send too many, we send more people to hell than God will ever send to hell. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We send more people to hell than I think God has in his mind. You just don't know where a person's heart is at the moment of their death, you don't know who has influenced them. You don't know who God may have sent across their path because the word says that God would, that none, none would perish, but that all would come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is the heart. That is the will of God. That is the mind of God. And I believe God is working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, trying to get people to know and to accept his son, which is his salvation, which is his plan to get people to this destination called heaven. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 